0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it, and today on the show we are talking about Megan, a movie that I have been so excited about. You guys know that I'm a big malignant fan, so I've been excited for whatever Akilah Cooper was going to come up with next, and... This thing rocks. And we had so much fun talking about it. Joining me today is actually Josh Rubin, filmmaker and actor Josh Rubin. And it was such an honor to have him on the show. We had a great time talking about this movie. And uh, yeah, great conversation coming up. Lots of great puzzle pieces. Before we get to it, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You could also, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, wherever it is you're listening. There's probably a five-star button, and we'd appreciate it if you clicked it. You could also follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And most of all, we're just happy you're out there listening. So continue listening. we got a lot of episodes coming your way. This is the first 2023 film that we're covering uh we still have a bunch of 2022 movies to uh post as well as a couple more uh you know wrap-ups of 2022 as well coming. a couple special episodes i'm excited about all these 2023 movies We've got a lot to cover so thanks for being out there let's talk about megan all right we're finally talking megan This movie is such a blast and I think has been on a lot of people's most anticipated lists of the year, which is funny because it's the first week of the year and we're already getting to it. But we're here now and joining us is Josh Rubin, filmmaker and actor. Josh, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm uh, excited to talk about this movie. Uh, I had so much fun with it, and I, I knew from that first trailer, you know, especially, I don't know, I, are you a big malignant guy? I,
1: I i certainly am. Oh, I completely am. I'm just a big Kayla Cooper fan in general, yeah. though I haven't seen, uh, I think it was The Nun that she worked on, um, some sort of her Star Trek stuff, but the fact that she is, like, knocking them out one after the other with these um, these kind of original horror films i'm just uh yeah i want to be friends with this this writer yeah i completely agree akila cooper hive rise up um
0: yeah she she is absolutely rocking it with these just over the top wacky horror movies but before we get uh too far into megan uh it's your first time on the show
1: uh why don't you tell our listeners about you and what you do uh, well, you said it best. I'm a filmmaker, although I guess I I, I do or try to do more than just one thing. This uh, this circus life um, wouldn't have it any other way unless you really mm-hmm. hit the lottery. So I, I'm a producer and a writer and an actor, too. I'm known probably originally for my work um, at college Humor which is now called Dropout. But I have two horror films that I've made um, right in the heart of the pandemic, uh, or at least released that way. One was called Scare Me with Ive Cash and Chris Redd, um, and myself and the other one is called Werewolves Within with Sam Richardson and Lana Virentrub and Harvey Guillen and a whole incredible ensemble of uh of actors. Uh, and I was uh, just recently in a film called *The Wounded Fawn* by Travis Stevens, and um, and produced and co-starred another called *Blood Relatives*, both of which are on Shutter. Absolutely, yeah, a lot of great stuff there,
0: and I'm uh, very excited to have you here today. So, um, you know, obviously, I I have a feeling you're a big fan of the horror comedy as like a side genre of horror. It it seems like it, a lot of what you do oh, is yeah. in there, and uh, it's such a fun kind of like fertile ground. I. I I think part of the conversation and I'm sure we'll get to it with some of our puzzle pieces possibly and like talking throughout it but this being PG-13 horror and leaning into the comedy aspect I mean personally I'm a huge horror comedy fan and I, I as much as I love you know the gore and you know all that kind of stuff too um, it, as long as the movie is you know creating a
1: fun time for the viewers uh, it's, yeah. it's a good time. If you can nail it tonally, you're golden. When when um you know you get caught trying to be funny, or when people take swings and they just they miss you know once, twice, three times in mm-hmm. a row, it it can be super rough. Um and uh, I think you you kind of have to you have to be born with that sense of humor, at least that 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 timing in your bones. Um translating it sometimes that's that's another thing. You know, working with the technician, working with an editor. Uh, and other filmmakers to kind of make sure you nail it you have to be like you know filmically proficient for sure but you you really do have to be a you know comedic person or at least have a a comic sensibility you can see that in jordan peele's work for sure you can see it i mean you know you you can imagine how funny in in real life joe dante must be just dating it back you know there even tim burton um you know ivan reitman was a very funny dude he was you know producing horror films and also with ghostbusters which is what i consider at least gateway horror but yeah uh when when you when it's nailed just as i think gerard johnstone did it with megan it hits all sides of the palette in such an exciting way i mean right from the beginning of megan i not to jump right into it but i mean just the commercial parodies alone it's like oh well th- those are exquisite yeah. and it's truly the de- definition of like not getting caught trying to sure. be funny and that's the that's what you want in a great horror comedy.
0: Absolutely. And
1: one other thing I'll mention,
0: and then we'll start getting into some puzzle pieces here, but um, th- the horror comedy as a genre feels so suited for a, a big, full crowd at a theater. And like mm-hmm. your film, Werewolves Within, like I would have loved to see that with a big crowd, you know, <laughs> and everybody yeah. just like cracking up. And and I got that from Megan uh, last week and the whole audience just eating it up and laughing and, you know, it's it just makes for such a fun experience.
1: Yeah, truly, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's kind of the bummer about you know we we did have a theatrical release for for werewolves, but it was it was really I equate my going back to the theater being closer to like when Quiet Place Two came out, which I think was a little a little later. Sure, um, I want to say it was like September or late summer. We were we were like June, um, June, July. Uh, and people were still a bit freaked out, but I think I think that's exactly the kind of sensibility people are looking for and looking to. Um, there, uh, I I can't I can't name what the project is because I don't even know if it's it's gonna go. But there was mm-hmm. a a pretty sizable financier studio that that reached out to me just to see how fast I could write, basically um, not a Megan adjacent film, but definitely a horror with you know like a big campy fun horror. Sort of as quickly as possible, because I think these studios are starting to realize how bankable they are. And it is the bulletproof genre, because we want now an excuse after the, you know, garbage era of our last, you know, the last shadow of, of rule under this country, let's mm. call it. And all of the bleak films that we really identified with, let's say, you know, Hereditary and Midsummer, the more intense kind of horror era, even even get out we all wanted something that kind of identified with our pain or our frustration or our anger sure. about the world and now coming out of that cloud we want some big fun so it's the bulletproof genre for the reason where it makes a great like bring your buddies out and watch a movie and laugh night or a great date night it actually is the thing that we'll get butts and see you know at the alamo draft house or your local theater because we want to have fun, and, 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 it, and it's safe to, for the most part, um, be in company again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I'm sure our puzzle pieces list will have some very obvious ones, maybe some out there ones, but uh, let's get it going. What do you have for your first puzzle piece as something you think might have inspired Megan?
1: Well, I didn't want to jump into Chucky uh, <laughs> right quick because it would be the obvious, but I'll go a little more obscure. Um, and this one kind of just came to me before we hopped on. I think uh, there's some influence from the early kid killer, The Good Son. I'm gonna go out there and say Macaulay and Elijah Woods, The Good Son, manipulative sure. uh, child killer. Absolutely, that the scene in the forest when uh, when shit starts
0: to finally go down um, here in yeah. Megan, like absolutely feels like it's like you know explicitly referencing <laughs> that and uh that kid is a uh, great actor uh, I I don't have that kid's name uh but he really plays a little shit and uh he, he's a yeah. perfect yeah, person for you to I want Megan to go nuts on you know mhm oh yeah
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so that's that, that... Brandon
0: yeah exactly there you go yeah is, uh it's a great one to to kick it off with and You know, you already mentioned Chucky. I guess I'll just make it my first one, because you kind of have to. I mean, it's child's play. I mean, it's child's play for a new generation. Obviously, we tried to do a remake, uh, reboot in 2019, which... I didn't think it was bad. I thought it had some some great ideas. It had some really gnarly kills in it. Uh, it, it had mm-hmm. certainly some some solid things going on in it. It just didn't all kind of come together well. This almost, in a way, feels like a do over. It feels like let's let's do yeah l- let's do Chucky with smart homes and all of these like AI assisted toys and things like that. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, and do that again. But this time, let's like make it really fun.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I I mean that that's so kind of uh it's so inherent and it's um and it's so fun and just, I mean, just applying that. I mean my wife and I my wife's also a filmmaker. We're just kind of trying to play chemist and figure out what it is about this film just in general, that is that is so tasty and is drawing us all in. And part of it too is like taking all of what you just said and applying it to the millennial kind of side eye. Zenfluencer or yeah, millennial <laughs> yes. fluencer, yeah, um, uh, TikTok culture girl, yeah, and and just just the fact that it's just such a skewerable character and archetype, uh, for us, you know, comic comic minds and heads, absolutely, it's it's uh, it's it's
0: it's a very fertile ground to uh, to to poke fun at, and <laughs> it works really well with this character, uh, but what do you have for your next piece?
1: Well, uh, this is really going out on a limb here, but um, I, I think there is technically the easy route to go would be Invisible Man, mm-hmm. you know, because there's tech and there's using tech for bad and this, the, that sort of thing. But I think I, I'm, I'm convinced that Gerard Dunstone saw Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man Ooh, many yeah. years ago and uh, the, the other killer Invisible Man movie. Um, and was influenced because you've got the the robotics lab the lab that testing ai like right on the edge of tomorrow basically Hmm. and then that ai then used for bad um uh i thought i thought for a moment maybe allison williams character was going to go a little sinister that would have been fun um she was kind of i don't know if she was purposefully playing it kind of cold she wasn't emoting quite much about her her deceased sister <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i didn't know if that was like that was kind of going to happen i i they like, i like that i appreciate they explain they were kind of or at least alluded to the fact they were kind of estranged but yeah i think uh i think there's some hollow man influence in there i think i think there's like some some hollow man influence in the in the lab and the like the tech heads kind of putting their heads together deciding if you know, this this thing is good or bad or needs to be tested before it hits the masses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I haven't seen it in a while, and I remember loving it back when it came out in 2000, and it's one of those movies, though, that nowadays, like, people, like, kind of talk down about, and, I don't know, Kevin Bacon rules, and uh, it, it, I just thought it was a lot of fun when it came out.
1: Kevin, Kevin Bacon rules, uh, and... Uh, they do i think he does put a dog in a microwave um so i think that might be why that might be why people don't like super talking about it that much these days um but uh yeah i i would i would revisit i remember being like gorier than it needed to be for sure (laughs) yeah for sure absolutely uh i will go with another blumhouse
0: film uh for my next piece here i'm gonna go happy death day Uh, Because I feel like what Christopher Landon did with Slashers, with Happy Death Day, I feel like Mm -hmm. Megan is doing for killer doll movies. It's going, we already talked the PG-13 route, Uh, it's going more comedy than horror. It's just going for a fun, fast-paced good time at the movies, more than really worrying about trying to be like a real hardcore, you know, killer horror film and yeah I, I think that works
1: yeah a fun horror a fun slasher i'm i'm buddies with uh with michael kennedy who who wrote shrieky as well just kind oh, of nice. again just just um just the team anyone that can execute something that's legitimately funny and genuinely scary i think happy death day does lead more uh i think slightly more to the horror than um then Freaky did, even though they're both, I would consider them both horror comedies. God, it just makes me appreciate Blunt House that they get it. There are some people out there that are still like, well, we're not convinced that people want to see fun horror. And yeah. I get that. Like, I don't think Happy Death Day's sequel did as well as, as the first one, but mm-hmm. people still want to go and have a good time. Like, you have to you have to remember, like, Scream is one of the all time, like, horror comedy bangers. I would abso- absolutely consider it a horror comedy. It doesn't have to be scary movie to be um both funny and scary but it absolutely is yeah
0: absolutely and it 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 does a really great job of taking in those horror influences but then just you know wanting to be a good time basically uh, first and foremost yeah yeah what do you have for your next piece
1: well this is also going out on a real limb here but do you remember a killer dog movie called man's best friend with lance Henriksen? I have never seen that one. Um, I, I recall it though. I'm really yeah. pulling out some weird ones today. Nice, I like uh, it. It is. Tr- it is truly like from. Okay, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it, it's basically like Terminator Cujo. I don't think <laughs> the dogs a robot, but I think there was something that they like did to this dog. They they were like intending to make it like a a born ultimatum. Uh, a, a was it a Doberman? a rottweiler it was like a born ultimatum Rottweiler. I, yeah basically. i think it was a rottweiler i think, I think you're were, right yes and they were like testing on monkeys and testing on animals I mean, it's a little hollow man adjacent but the specific moment when the dog was actually dragged through the fence and megan and there was like the neighbor uh, you know in, in man's best friend that was like the junkyard guy who was abusive there's always like you know that kind of um that nasty neighbor character or that nasty uh person about town, even even as far back as like silver bullet there's like oh the town of dropped that guy's gonna get beheaded sure well in in uh in man's best friend it was like you know the nasty mailman with the mace and like the junkyard person in this one it's like that you know the nasty neighbor of the dog um and that that gave me some some megan influences
0: i love it i love it and uh yeah i feel like i need to go on like a uh a little mini marathon of just like either rewatches or watching for the first time all these like dog type movies like there's there's this one that was just recommended to me recently called Baxter this foreign film that's supposed to be like absolutely bananas oh wow yeah I I need I need to start watching more of those because I'm a big dog guy so (laughs) I think that would be a a fun little marathon for me to take up but uh yeah great great piece um I'll go for my next one this I feel like is another obvious one but um it, it needs to be said in that is Alex Garland's Ex Machina um, but you know, of course, oh, yeah. we, we've got the, you know, the nature of AI going wrong, but then of course we also have dancing female killer robots. So th- there's a yeah. lot of
1: visual cues here that we can really kind of take on. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That was, God, that's a, that's a good one. You're making me think too. I don't, I don't want to jump immediately to my next one. But I'm just like mm-hmm. the, the manipulative, I was trying to put my finger on like, what is it about this like manipulative, um, girl character? And yeah. I wonder if there's just something about like crush or single white female Ooh, yeah. or even hand that rocks the cradle, where there's just like there's always that like sleaky, manipulative conversation, just like Megan has with um I I, I guess it was Allison. Was it the Allison Williams character who just like talking about death mm-hmm. and just sort of like basically like a who are you gonna believe kind of conversation? I just thought that was like, what is it about? Is it Jalo? Is there something in the Argento Jalo world? And I think it's that like that era of you manipulative woman, sociopath, uh, serial killer, or like yeah. up and coming serial killer. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> Yeah, that that's great.
0: I I love it. That that whole subgenre is great too, and uh, I I feel like that also influences like so many like lifetime movies nowadays and stuff like that. And oh I, my god, yeah, I, you know, and you, so you, you can de- really adoption with Will Ferrell. Oh know? hell yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that that all those kind of movies they all <laughs> deal with that of like you know. Like, tongue in cheekly saying, like, you know, you can't trust any of these women. And, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and of course, Megan is that woman in that case. So, uh, yeah, that, yeah that's great. an era
1: of films about dangerous women. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's
0: a good one. Uh, I'll go to South Park for my next piece here. Um, you could take wow, the movie or the nice. show, but when Megan breaks in the song, that is such a, yeah. uh, a, yeah. A, Cartman and Clyde Frog like singing to each other in their bed at night or something, yeah. moment, or even like Towley or Mr. Hankey or something like that. And it's so yeah. pushing just over the line of absurdity. And that seems yeah. to be something Akilah
1: Cooper like really loves doing. Yeah, it's uh, that was kind of amazing. I had to look right. I was excited to see in one of the recent interviews I read with Gerard Johnson, we was talking about just how AI can. You know, it's like the the, the chat GPT function, if you've messed around with that or Mm. any of these kind of uh, these photo programs. You ask it to create a narrative, just like you'd probably you could ask it to create lyrics for a song and it's pulling together from all these disparate places. Yeah. And he was like, you know, for there's there's a bedtime song. I want to feel like um, it's not that easy being green or like whatever, you know, one of those songs that like Kermit might sing, you know. Yeah um uh before bedtime and he gave it to his music supervisor his composer and said just kind of run with this sort of disney jiminy cricket kermit the frog ai bedtime bedtime tune um i mean the titanium moment alone just separately was a genius but uh just the idea that's like almost perfect just a just a, a, a a an amalgamation of you know, uh, uh, Lullaby and It's Gonna Be Okay lyrics just yeah. really, really tickled me. Um, yeah. And I thought that was just so, so genius. So, yes, <laughs> I, I completely buy the South Park of it all just being like also just geniusly, you know, musically inclined and composed show and has been for years because those guys are musicians.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They write some like really funny and actually good songs. So, it like, it really <laughs> it really all shines through, so yeah absolutely
1: uh what do you have for your next piece <laughs> oh my god i'm scraping i'm scraping my barrel here i mean i think just kind of circling back to that this is this is what's sad so about my film knowledge Just back to that like Jalo era Um uh, i think there's something about this might be too obscure but there's just something about that movie phenomena which was originally i think called preterst Okay. Um, starring Jennifer Connelly. Have you ever seen it? Let me just double check. I think it was called, yeah, Phenomena. It was by Argento, or at least the story was by Argento. I oh, yeah, directed by Argento. Argento. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen this yes. one, actually. It's a really, really obscure, as some of those movies tended to get kind of film, but an eerie film, you know, where Suspiria might be more kind of on the nose. This is, this is a story of, of a tale of a woman kind of going head to head with these witches in this kind of phantasmagoric way. Phenomena so i dealt with so many, so many different, uh, so many different elements in horror from, yeah, I don't know, like a manipulative older man to a girl who's, who can like communicate with bugs mm-hmm. to like a little boy held in a basement. I and mean, it's just like so many different things they did in these horror movies, but there's just something about the eeriness of it and the, um, and I might be conflating this film with um. he didn't he didn't know it. This is so terrible. Eli Roth would be laughing in my face right now. It's like, basically <laughs> like the, a kill, a Jalo era killer doll movie or yeah. one of these types of films like an Alice Sweet Alice, which is not mm-hmm. technically Jalo, but where they'd be wearing these kind of masks or a child would be saying kind of unusual and eerie thing. Phenomena kind of summed up a very eerie Probably unintentionally farcical kind of tone that sure. really, um, like, the moments that made me think about that or that like just kind of lit up my the shala board in my head were pretty much any time Megan was talking in that in through her artificial face and mouth, but her her hair would be messed up you're kind of chilled but you're like oh my god it's like so unintentionally is it like intentionally funny is it unintentionally funny did they know how funny it would be if they like fucked up her hair that much after the dog attack i think they did There's yeah just sure. stuff about that that you know i'm sure I, I don't think argento intended for some of what he did he, they had all intended those movies to be operatic but probably not like intentionally funny and i think there was just something that was intentionally funny and yet treated with gravity the way that mm. reminds me of that kind of uh, of that genre of film
0: yeah absolutely it takes me back though to malignant like defending it from people who thought it wasn't funny or wasn't meant to be funny at all and i'm like come on guys like it's so funny like how can you not laugh you know um I, I I that's another uh, mini marathon I need to go down. Some of those Jalo uh, films that I haven't seen because I, I I know like tone wise like they're all going to be things that I like really love and I just haven't seen enough of them. Yeah, and uh, it seems like it's like right up my alley of exactly what I I need to go back and uh, check out more of. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, absolutely. Great stuff there. Um, I'm going to go with maybe an outside the box one here. Uh, I'm going to go with King Kong. For my next uh puzzle piece mm, wow. i mean when we see the uh the the moment of megan tied up and they're getting ready to display her as this big you know spectacle yes, for everybody right. and you just know like i mean not just because it's a horror movie and people are gonna die but you know shit's gonna go bad when she breaks out of there and uh wow you know,
1: that's so well said yeah yeah it's
0: it's such a fun way to to structure a a unstoppable killer, uh, to just tie him up for a little bit before they break out and kill people.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's right. that's absolutely right. I was I was try, I was a, trying to picture like well, what's another AI type film where they're sort of like tied up and things go bad, especially in the cold open, mm-hmm. which which is very very child's play. There was a, there was always like a factory scene. Yeah. Or, you know, in Child's Blade 2 is that guy like unboxing the thing as an apartment and just like bursting to life. But, you know, an origin scene, something kind of going off. But the AI tied up, King Kong tied up. That's an awesome comparison. Awesome. Awesome. I, I'm glad you like that one. Uh, do you have any <laughs>
0: other pieces you wanted to bring up?
1: Well, I think we've got to talk about Terminator because that's sure. one that he's, he's gone on, on record talking about. And that's just kind of a no brainer. I mean, it's like it kind of makes me just wonder what the future of the um the megan franchise and there will be a franchise is going to look like like if she's going to have like a group of megan's a group Mm -hmm. of other ai if this group will be if like i guess well i don't give any spoilers about what happens to other employees um at the uh, at Funkey. um but uh but i do i do wonder if they're going to kind of go that route um made me love the brew scene so much that you actually got to see sort of a quote unquote good robot moment which was just so awesome Um, oh yeah but yeah i mean you know it's 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 killer ai he's gone on record about it yeah and um uh any any terminator but a killer doll or terminator but horror comedy uh route in my mind is a win.
0: Absolutely. And uh, with, with Bruce, uh, you could bring in Aliens as well, which, of course, is so linked with, with the Terminator series. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but, yeah, Terminator is absolutely has to be on the list. And I hadn't thought of this until right now, but how about Megan, too? Megan is the good guy this time, and we bring in Ooh, a more evil robot.
1: Yeah, competition. Mm. Competition is such a thing. That would be pretty <laughs> That's actually a genius. <laughs> yeah it's like what's the what's the other competitive like it's like american doll might like, build a bear Is she gonna have to go up against like another girl or will be like a cute teddy ruxpin mm. which she'll just have to like contend with yeah that's oh. that's an amazing idea it's gonna be great i can't the possibilities it. are endless i'm they excited absolutely. to see their uh their gore filled unrated cut I, oh. I i think that that will uh do a lot and sir, i think that would actually bring me back to the theater yeah
0: i said the same thing i i will i will buy a second ticket i'm i'm on board to go see the unrated cut. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, it sounds like it might. Yeah, you know? I hope so. So my last piece, and I don't usually do this, but uh, I'm going with a movie that's not out yet because I wondered if this movie uh, getting made and, and and coming out in 2023 has anything to do with Greta Gerwig's Barbie that we're getting later this year <laughs> a, a little bit of counter-programming in a way um you know everybody is mm-hmm. excited about this movie and what Greta Gerwig is going to do with it and uh what the tone is going to be so let's make a fucked up horror version
1: oh yeah completely I sure hope they do maybe in another 20 years uh first it'll just be like let's introduce her to the world in this kind of subverting subversion of the uh, of expectations and There'll probably be some awesome uh, gender commentary um, mm-hmm. through the Greta Gerwig, uh, the Greta Wig lens and all. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that would be that'd be incredible. It's like if there was <laughs> a a killer Chucky doll, like a killer Barbie doll. Come on, yeah, why not killer Absolutely. Skipper? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to list down uh, all the movies we just talked about here for the finished puzzle. Uh, we talked about The Good Son, Child's Play, Invisible Man, and Hollow Man, Happy Death Day, Man's Best Friend, Ex Machina, Crush, Single White Female, Hand That Rocks the Cradle, <laughs> slash Lifetime Movies, uh, South Park, uh, Phenomena, uh, Alice Sweet Alice was in there as well, uh, King Kong, Terminator, and Barbie. Um, wow. A, a lot of fun stuff in there. A lot of, a lot of, sci-fi ai gone wrong as well as horror um but uh yeah i I, it's just such a a fun silly character to like make this kind of a horror movie with do you have any like closing thoughts anything we didn't quite get to while talking puzzle pieces here
1: i don't think so i think we kind of i think we covered the gamut i'm just thrilled that it's outperforming and exceeding expectations I yeah. hope it busts down some doors. Absolutely. Especially for a January movie. Yeah, completely. Completely. <laughs> and I think that I think that's why they you know, that's typically why film studios will, will drop a film in the January months, right? Or in the January window. As mm-hmm. well, it's you know, it's a risk. And look what's happening. People are people are getting their butts in seats and that's like as a filmmaker, like it could make me happier.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh my only other closing thought, the only thing we didn't really talk about um and nobody talked about, so I I needed to give it a quick shout out. I couldn't even figure out what this guy's name was cuz it's such a small scene, but there's a detective who's in one scene and he almost steals the movie when he's uh he, he's oh my que- God, he's questioning yeah. Alice Williams and yeah. uh and he says, "Sorry I shouldn't laugh," like when he laughs about Megan killing well, some, some kids. So funny that yeah. line. It's 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 incredible
1: yeah he was like weirdly like a combination of a character from ozark and like twin peaks or something <laughs> sure it was like just obviously chewing gum just like the sleazy detective oh, yeah. i was just uh it was pretty pretty incredible. i'm glad that, that
0: that's it in there that's a great moment man so funny uh josh this was great uh do you have another movie you watched recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners
1: i saw kevin williamson uh kevin williamson's sick directed by john hyams they just dropped it or about to drop it on peacock i believe i saw it at beyond fest and Mm -hmm. it was my absolute favorite watch so i hope people won't write it off as a straightforward slasher it's an incredible slasher and um i hope people um i hope people watch it because i think it's it's phenomenal oh awesome yeah i'm really
0: looking forward to it yeah i think it hits peacock this weekend and uh yeah I, i'm sure it's gonna be great i can't wait uh yeah so you know i i think you know we basically covered megan here uh is, is there anything you got coming up anything you want to plug or anything
1: yeah i've got a a graphic novel actually called um darla that i'm gonna release this year that i'm super excited about um oh, i nice. should have some more information about that um hopefully in the next couple months but uh yeah it's sort of Sort of an homage to um, Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> to yeah. my love of Tales from the Crypt and the Dead Zone. Even um, it's a twisted little story, just in graphic novel form. So um, I hope people, I hope people dig it. I'm not sure how, how folks are going to respond to it, but I, I, uh, I had such a great time collaborating with Brianna Tippett. She was my illustrator, and it'll be released uh, via Invader Comics this
0: year. Awesome. Where can people go to uh, find out more about that and about your film work?
1: Well, I'm off Twitter now. I decided to leave the Musk hole, um, but mm. maybe if he steps down, I'll come back. Uh, I was a little put off by the deplorable ball of people. He was just like, "You should come back and um, say slurs." Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I'm in an, I'm an Instagram and Mastodon and Hive, and you know, I'm still trying to figure out the how the latter two work. But I have a website, JoshesMindHouse dot com, where people can go and just see your get just about anything.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Josh, thank you again so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. And uh, maybe we'll be able to get you back again sometime.
1: Yeah. Amen. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris. And we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984. And we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at AwesomeMovieYear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope
0: you enjoyed that conversation about Megan. Thanks to Josh Rubin for joining me on that one. And thank you to everybody out there for listening. If you're enjoying what you hear here on Piecing It Together, make sure you're subscribed. And while you're subscribing, hitting that five-star button would be very nice. We'd appreciate that. You could also, of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And check out our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, awesome movie year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff over there, so check that out. It's patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. And of course, you know, as long as you're just out there listening, we appreciate that too. Um, You know, I'm going to give you guys a little peek behind the scenes on this one, because uh, the audio was a little funky on this uh, recording, and uh, you know not every day you get josh rubin on your show so i wanted to make sure it sounded good i used this new adobe podcast speech enhancer thing um and the future's weird you know on a movie like megan it made sense to uh to let you know about that that i'm using this ai assistant thing to uh help enhance the audio and it's crazy how good of a job it did uh usually i do all my editing myself but um It's pretty damn cool, but, you know, it's probably going to kill me at some point. So, uh, anyway, yeah, just shout out to that, and, uh, you know. Whatever, uh, let's play a piece of music. How about that? Let's finish this up. I did just release a new album. More content is the name of the album. My very tongue-in-cheek title for my new album, More Content. Uh, it came out on December thirtieth. It's available on a limited edition CD over on Bandcamp. That's davidrosen.bandcamp.com. It's also on all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. So if you got a playlist you want to add it to, you can listen to it that way. Uh, But yeah, it's been getting listened to by a lot more people than the last album. So uh, I I really appreciate everybody checking it out. And uh, I appreciate all you for listening to the podcast. So let's close this episode with a piece of music from more content. I'm going to go with a track called Trapped in the Beat. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with more piecing it together real soon.